This is Loudspeaker. A Better World, where we spend time meeting some of the most incredible human beings who make this world a better place. We will learn how each individual took their ideas, mission, and purpose to create and serve others in business and organizations that surround social good, social entrepreneurship, and social impact, and find out how we, together, can further connect others to help. I am your host, Dr. Natalie Phillips. Today, I spend time with Dr. Sandy Eveleth, optometrist, a certified master marketer, and a certified digital business consultant. As an optometrist for over 30 years, Sandy co-owned and operated a high six-figure private optometry practice for 15 years and rapidly increased profits by 25% through adding subspecialties for her patients. She opened a digital marketing consulting firm to help other health professionals learn how to do the same with their practices. Her passion project is a movie she worked on as the film's editor and associate producer called Because of Sam. It's about an amazing young man who was born with Down syndrome and is now being shared as an educational program to teach healthcare providers, corporate workforces, and nonprofit organizations about empathy and the importance of inclusion in their locations for those with intellectual developmental disabilities. The film won the People's Choice Award for Tampa's Downtown Urban Excellence Awards for the sold-out Standing Ovation screening event at the historic Tampa Theater. All right, so I have a really good and dear friend, Dr. Sandy here. I'm super excited because I just feel so blessed to know someone like Dr. Sandy. I say Dr. Sandy because we met on Clubhouse and that is her handle name, but it's Dr. Sandy Eveleth. And I just feel so blessed that we met on Clubhouse back in January because um, we've been able to stay in touch, you know, um, for a little bit. And I'm just thankful for who you are and for your heart to serve others. And so I just want to thank you for first of all, for being able to join me and um, to really introduce what you're working on and what your project is um, to my listeners. Yes. Yeah. So thank you so much. Absolutely. Thank you. And thank you for that wonderful introduction. I appreciate <laughs> it. And it has been amazing. It has been a, a wonderful journey for us. And uh, I just feel like we really connected your story because I, I did uh, an impromptu plug for your book, but I did get a copy of your book. And wow, do our stories align quite a bit. So uh, I feel like we've known each other for a very long time. Yeah. And Dr. Sandy is a, is fine. It's a great way to, <laughs> to uh, call me. So you're doing great. I love it. All right. So let's get my listeners introduced to you first. So tell me a little bit more about your story and who you sure. are. Sure. So as you said, I am Dr. Sandy, and I've been an optometrist for over 30 years. I can't believe it's already been that long. Um, I'm also recently uh, got my certification. I'm a certified master marketer. I'm also a digital marketing business owner, and I've been one for 
gosh, since 2009. And my big passion project that we're probably going to talk a little bit about is I became a film editor in 2018, though I've been editing videos and photos in some format since I was a preteen. So that's been going on for a long time. And I finally actually got to put that to, uh, to good use, uh, 2018, 2019. Wow. So that's really cool because you're talking about eyes, right? Optometry. And then you went into digital marketing. And, you know, so that's kind of a fun thing to do. And then video editing. I mean, just because you do things when you're young as a teenager doesn't necessarily mean that you can do a whole film. So I'm super excited to talk a little bit about the film as well. But, you know, before we get there, it's, it's just impressive. And so, you know, Walk me through just being able to step out of even like what you went to school for, which would be, you know, optometry to go into other things like digital marketing, because you use your digital marketing to help serve your field or your industry as well. Right. And so even though you went out as a passion to maybe learn a little bit more about this, you brought it back into your field. And I think that's really kind of cool as well. So talk to me more about your decision to feel like you wanted to do this and then bring it back to optometry. That, that's a great point. That's a great way to, to um, tell the story. Uh, you know, a lot of people ask me the same thing. How the heck did you get into digital marketing and film editing? And I tell them, well, you know, it's not that far-fetched because it is all visual, uh, especially with digital marketing. But the big thing was I got into marketing from probably, let's say, about seven or eight years into practicing optometry. I ended up opening a private practice uh, as is most of our dreams when we get out into the healthcare field is to go into our own practice. And I was able to do that. I co-owned a practice with my ex-partner and learned that it's not, you know, build it and they will come. It's, you can't just put up your shingle and everybody all of a sudden, you know, comes into the practice. And we really weren't that far away from where we were practicing inside a corporate location. So I quickly learned at that time that I needed to figure out how to market the practice, how to get out there in the community, making all the right connections. And then as digital marketing came around, because remember when I, when I opened the practice, digital marketing was not that big of a deal. Websites were just starting to become mainstream. So I started there with a website. I realized that in order to get found, I needed to to learn how to actually code a website, put one up there, learn how to get optimized for local search because I knew that's how people were finding uh, practices is they were typing in the name of the town and then typing in something like eye doctor optometrist. So I learned the skills pretty quickly. We ended up incorporating some subspecialties into the practice and I thought, man, I love this part of the business. So I opened up right up the street. I actually opened an office, a brick and mortar for my digital marketing firm and, and had that wow. going for several years. Yeah, because I really want to do training. I love the training aspect of it as well. I was doing websites for other local small businesses because, again, I learned how to do that, learned how to optimize the websites to get found on page one of Google. Still, still know how to do that, but I'd rather teach people how to do that. So I still have that digital marketing firm. I'm not in private practice anymore, but what I did is I combined, and it's funny, it only happened a few years ago, I combined the love of digital marketing with consulting specifically for the healthcare field and eye care practitioners. And I'm, I'm, I've even subspecialized in teaching 
practitioners how to market their subspecialties. It's fairly easy to market a local business. It's even easier to market something that you specialize in and to be able to target the right market for that and get all kinds of public relations, all kinds of, you know, get on TV, get in the newspaper, et cetera. So that's, that's pretty much how that happened. Wow, that's exciting too, because it's funny how I remember, you know, white pages and yellow pages, right? And what's weird sure. is like, I just got white pages in the mail. I was thinking, what is this? This cannot surely be that. And it surely was uh, like a book that came to me. And I was like, this is so strange. Like I thought they've done away with this. And it was so interesting. And for you to, you know, be confident enough to say, um, you know, this is something that is new because you were probably around as well with white pages and yellow pages and then taking it to the digital side of it and then learning it so quickly. I think it's super helpful because, you know, again, there's so many times when we are in the health field that this is stuff that they don't teach to us in school, right? And and business and and marketing and things like that. But if you have a business, it is very, very useful. And in addition to that, it's really um, empowering others to be able to do that by teaching them how to do that. So I really appreciate that you took that to the next level and didn't just use it for your practice. But since it was something that came easy to you, that you were able to then um, become a mentor and a teacher and have a business surrounding it too. So just like a true entrepreneur. So I love Yes, that. indeed. <laughs> we can't, you know how that is. We can't sit still. <laughs> no, our mind is always going. So I love that. Absolutely. So, you know, did you have a role model or someone that you looked up to while you were growing up? Because you give back and you serve in so much, you know, of a way. So did you have some sort of role model or somebody that you looked up sure, to? Sure. I, it's an easy one. I have to say it was my mom. She was my best friend and she was absolutely a pioneer at in her generation. She was very independent. My dad passed away when I was about 14 and she just picked up the gauntlet. She was the strong one in the family anyway. And she was an entrepreneur. You know, it it took me several years, even after she passed away about 12 years ago, that I realized she was an entrepreneur. She had um, a love and a passion for real estate and ended up building up quite a nest egg through her investments in just knowing what properties were the right properties to get and to turn around and make make some fairly decent money. So it was uh, it was an, you know just really amazing to watch her and her advice was always sort of that guru on the mount. She always had the kind of advice that you know. Whenever someone's talking about someone else, if they're, she would have the advice that if they're not in the room, you only say nice things about them. You never talk behind people's backs. You're, you're, you know, always defending the underdog. You're always making sure that, um, you know, that, that, that you're lifting people up. And that's how she was. And, and I, you know, again, I didn't realize some of that until after she passed away. And I hear myself giving the same advice to my own daughter, who's now in her 20s. So it, it really made a strong impression in my life. There's no question. Yeah. And so what cre- what really inspires you to give back? You know, we'll, we'll head into, and if this heads mm. into the, your passion project too, we can do that as yes. well. But what really inspires sure. you to want to give back? 
I think it's in the power of creation and creating things. I think it's, again, it was her example. She would always um, help others and, and, you know, just the way she walked in her life. She cared about people and she she did things to make sure that it was giving um, for the sake of giving, not for the sake of anything else. And I think that's it. I think that's the kind of thing that, you know, you part of it might be, nature, but a big part of it is nurture, is seeing how others behave and treat others and, and wanting to walk in those shoes to, to live up to that kind of behavior um, and do and do her proud. So I think that's part of it. I think that's a big part of it. Yeah. And I like about, I like what you said about, you know, it's not just giving to give, right? And because it, then it becomes kind of a thing where you feel an obligation. But once right. you make it part of your life and it's just something that maybe you even grew up with, that's why I like to ask the role model kind of question because when it becomes part of your life, it becomes so much easier and it's it's almost non-natural to not give, right? And, right? and I'm sure that in your giving back that you've even inspired your own daughter too because it's something that they just see in their life. And so I think sure. that's really something that's inspiring inspirational as well. So, you know, as we head into talking about this project, tell me a little bit more about (laughs) the film Because of Sam and how did you get involved? Sure. So I got into filmmaking and and editing the film. I became the film editor and associate producer when I met the producer, Renee Warmack, and she introduced me to the film. It had been sitting on the shelf for several years because there just wasn't enough money to make it. So after realizing that I knew how to edit movies, because I had been playing in the Adobe suite, you know, using Dreamweaver for the website initially, and then Photoshop, InDesign for the marketing, et cetera, then I learned how to do the editing. So it just became, you know, a natural fit. So it was exciting to to learn the whole process of putting, you know, all of this, some old film, actual film, taped film, digitizing it, and then getting into the actual filmmaking, being there on some of the shoots um, with the family, with Sam. And, you know, a little background about the film. It's about this amazing young man named Sam Piazza, who was born with Down syndrome. And he's just this charismatic young man that has... You know, he's been up against so many challenges in his life just because he was born with Down syndrome. And also it's about the family and the community that stood behind him. And, you know, he's been a champion through all these different organizations, Best Buddies, United Way. There's a lot of conversation about this in the movie. And he works at a local restaurant that, you know, they do have some some other uh, restaurants across the country, PDQ. And, it you know, we talk about that journey and how he is at work. And so we realize as we're making this movie, it's it's really a story not just about him and about the family, but it's also a story of hope for anyone, not someone just with disabilities, but it's also a story that you can bring into organizations, schools, nonprofits, health organizations, et cetera, to teach people about diversity, empathy, and inclusion. And we really emphasize the empathy because, you know, he just to watch his story, watch his life unfold and how many people he's touched. You know, his mom came up with the name because of Sam, and it's because a lot of people say their lives were changed, they were transformed because of Sam. And you get to see all of this again unfold in the movie. So it's just... 
It was amazing. There, there's a um, a moment when we showed the film for its first look screening. I'm here in Tampa, Florida, and there's a gorgeous historic Tampa theater that when you walk in, it kind of feels like that Disney kind of feeling like you're inside, outside. And to have a dream, the producer put it out there a year before the movie showed there that she was going to show that film there before we even started making it to a sold out, you know, show uh, to a sold out crowd. And sure enough, we made that dream happen. And I'm up in the, in the um, projection booth, watching through this little teeny square window and just biting my nails. You know, I'm up there with a projectionist and, you know, he's running the movie and I'm hearing from that little window, the laughter, people laughing when they were supposed to, people crying when they were supposed to. And at the very end, this thunderous applause and people jumping to their feet. And it was just it was incredible. And after the show, we did a Q&A with the producer and with Sam. And, you know, everybody was just so excited and, and you know, just, just take it back. It's just, it's a beautiful story. We made the story to be more, it's a documentary, but it's told more like a movie. You know, we don't have narrative. It's, it's the movie itself serves as the, as the narration. So let me, <laughs> I appreciate you. Let me go on and on. You could tell we're a little bit passionate about the movie. No, I love it. It's been, I've got chills all over my body when you were talking about different parts of that story. And what I think is really cool is you talk about, oh, it's been sitting on the shelf, right? And then, oh, it's, it's, it's a story of, of one person in this entire world, right? But it's more than that because what you guys have done with it as you were, maybe, I don't know if that was even the intention from the beginning to make something that can help other people really understand inclusion of de development mental disabilities. I don't even know if that right. was part of it or not, but it became part of that. And so I think what's interesting is even though this is a, you know, passion project for you, um, although I'm sure it's more than that, because it just seems like it, it will touch so many people's lives. When at the point did it become where you where the team thought that it could also be an educational tool now for organizations with inclusion for developmental disabilities? Like, was there a shift? Good question. Well, there was, because initially it was just to be an inspirational film. And it was interesting because partway through, I, it was at the end when Renee was talking about the movie, the... Um, I don't remember her title, but you know she basically runs the Tampa Theater. She came up to her and said, okay, let's go ahead and show this again, because she realized the impact that the movie had. And we started to get all kinds of feedback on the movie. We were getting it from, you know, friends, family, from um, people that we hadn't met, that the family hadn't met, you know, people that came. We did a lot of marketing to get people in the theater and it worked. It, it, you know, so we had all kinds of folks in there, whether they were for corporations, nonprofits, et cetera. And they were saying, okay, when can I see this movie again? How can we show this to our organization? So, you know, I, we had an inkling of this in the back of our mind because, you know, this becomes your baby. It's almost like, it's almost like, you know, we should say it took us nine months really to, to birth this baby because it, you, you get so close to it and you get to see a lot of the film that gets, you know, that gets edited out. So there's a, there's so many stories and layers of stories that we want to make sure we told the best part of it, but you just get so close to the, to the families, to, 
what they're talking about and saying about the organizations that helped Sam become the man that he is. I mean, he's, he's out there speaking. He gets out there and again, is an ambassador for these different organizations. He's, um, he, he's an ambassador for this other place that was very instrumental in helping him out. Um, Gigi's Playhouse, which is local, but now I guess it's all over the country. So, you know, he just, he organizes things and it's just to, to watch him, how, you know, he's, he's, he's very ambitious and he wants to be an actor. We talk about that in the movie and he, he became an actor. So, you know, it's just, there's, there, again, there's so many layers of inspiration, but as people were starting to tell us that, wow, it did this for us and it did this. So, People get different feelings from different parts of the movie. So in hearing all of this, we thought, well, we've got to bring this into schools. We've got to bring this into organizations. And we started to do that pre-pandemic. We were going around to local schools, public and private. We got to go to his high school that they talk about in the movie and we show it. We show it to the audience of students. And, you know, I would say it's age appropriate for middle school on up. And, you know, the kids, it was just so amazing. The kids would, would again, jump to their feet and give it a standing ovation. And it was just absolutely, absolutely amazing. So, so we went ahead and we did a, because we wanted to get a push to get it out there, we did a um, a free screening online. As soon as the pandemic hit, we thought, okay, now we've got to do a bunch of other stuff to get it com- you know, completely okay to show online so that we can start to stream it online. So we did that. We, you know, I used all my technical knowledge and created a funnel and, and you know, we got it up on the right streaming platforms, et cetera, to be able to show the film Um we did a free weekend worldwide virtual premiere. So we did that in October, which is um, the, uh, I'm trying to think, no, national, um, International National Down Syndrome Month. So, you know, there are different months um, throughout the year that actually celebrate those that have been born with Down Syndrome. So we wanted to make sure that, you know, we got that out there and people could watch it for 48 hours for free. Mm-hmm. And and now we're in that phase, and I know we're going to talk more about that, but we're in that phase of we have the educational program. It's all done. You know, use more technical knowledge. We put it behind a, a an educational platform. So um, it's ready to go, and, and um, that's the push now because we just don't know with COVID. We don't know if we're going to be able to get into locations and screen it in front of an audience. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we keep thinking we need to do things virtually. Keep people safe. Wow. Keep everybody safe. Yeah. So let's talk about the logistics because I think that it's sure. it's kind of interesting because it turned into kind of an educational tool. And it sounds like schools, businesses, organizations, corporate, um, you know, or I guess organizations as well, can now have access to watching the film. And talk to me a little bit more about are there workbooks, you know, as, for, as yes. people are listening to this, right? What are the sure. differences as far as if a school... Um, had access to it versus more of a business? Is it much different? Is there, sorry, I spew uh, questions all the time. No, it's good. You know, no, good. but is it where, let's say a parent is like, wait a minute, I want our school to do it. Would a parent be able to sure. advocate? And then let's run through costs, nonprofit costs, sure. all that kind of stuff so people can get their hands sure. on this. Sure. So, so we can do custom. The way that we have it set up right now is if you, if you go and we'll, you know, of course have the links, but we have the way to view it 
four different ways. You know, the first way is what we talked about where they could, you know, give the producer a call and go ahead and set up a time to actually come in. And there's a fee for that. It depends on how close it is to our home, um, how quickly we can, you know, or how close we are as far as how much that's going to cost. So that, that can be custom or a standard fee. And then the people can rent it just personally if they want to watch it from home, not organize any kind of events or parties around it, but just do an at-home um, you know, viewing is we have it up on Vimeo. They actually have a platform similar to Amazon and, you know, that's at a certain, um, you know, uh, website that we can give you, but that's 1199. They just rent it and they can watch it every time they rent it. They can watch it for a full 48 hours, as many times as they want to. And then we have the educational program, which can go into nonprofits for 497 or goes into a corporation or for-profit for 997 plus tax because it is a, a for-profit. And then we also have enterprise-wide where, again, call the producer to find out if you have multiple locations because this is meant to be seen within the location, whether it's streamed or in person. So if you have multiple locations, of course, we're going to reduce the price for, for those organizations. And I've even been thinking, of course, in my own field, you know, as an, as an eye doctor, mm -hmm. I was actually quite um, uninformed or misinformed at how capable those with intellectual developmental disabilities really are. And I learned a lot from knowing Sam and he's, you know, he's just amazing. So I feel that I would like to bring it into optometry practices, into, you know, the optometric associations, local, state, and national. So you know, just to plant some ideas for anyone else that, uh, like you, that's in the healthcare field, um, that organizations like that can um, can view it. So, anywhere, if if it is into a school, we do we are tailoring it to whatever the organization is. Um, if it's corporate, it's about workforce development. It's mm -hmm. about how this would benefit your organization. Number one, to bring someone in to the organization with an intellectual disability. Uh, and also any customers that you might have, customers, clients, or patients. How do you work with, with someone that has this? Because mom brings up in, in the movie, brings up a really good point about how she was somewhat mistreated, um, or not mistreated, but just the way the doctor handled the situation when Sam was born. I mean, it's, it's kind of heart-wrenching. So mm -hmm. it's an educational piece on, on all levels. So we will, we have, right now, we have the corporate and the uh, educational. So it's just a matter of reaching out and saying, this is our, this is what kind of organization. And I have this on the questionnaire. So, so mm -hmm. as soon as you fill out the questionnaire, we're going to know um, what to send. So it's pretty much on the website. And I think you also had mentioned when we had talked earlier too that Sam is even available, right, to come out. Right. Is that possible? Okay. It is with Renee. They come together. They're they're a unit, and um, they come together to talk about the movie, to talk about the impact, and to talk about Sam. And we will even do, you know, um, a Zoom. I mean, again, all of this is very customizable. Mm -hmm. Where if you're not in Florida, you're not in Tampa. Um, obviously national and international, they'll, you know, we'll set up some sort of a scenario where we can do a Q and A that can be live where Sam and Renee are, are right there and can answer any questions. Nice. And he's been interviewed quite a bit in the media. If you go to the main website, which will give you that, um, you'll mm -hmm. see that, that 
you know, he has a lot of fun being on interviews. Wow. What about, you know, I know that it's still pretty early because it was viewed as it, was it in October of uh, 2020? Is that correct? When it was in Tampa? It was. In the theater? Yes. Well, the theater was 2019. And then we started going out into the into the community and showing it at, at several locations. And we even showed it at local theaters, some of the smaller theaters. And we would just market it, and people would come out and buy a movie ticket and come see it at the regular. You know, so that's kind of exciting to see your movie up in a regular yes. movie theater. Um, but then, yes, we as soon as March hit, in fact, we were slated um, to do a presentation at the local university for diversity and inclusion specifically, mm-hmm. and that had to be canceled because it, it was scheduled for the end of March in 2020. So yes, so now everything went online and we're just waiting to see if there's, you know, if there's any in-person that can be done. It's, it's you know, completely COVID mm-hmm. um, protective, et cetera. But um, yeah. I think it's cool so how Sam you were able there. to pivot and make it all online and available still so that it didn't lose momentum. You know, um, it may have a little bit from what you were expecting, but at the same time, now it's I feel like it's more readily available for a lot more right. people, right? Sure. So, Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so maybe besides the film and the teaching for organizations and for people who want to reach out, we'll have the links again in the show notes. But what might be some other ways that this film or you might need to help push the needle forward? Just anyone, when you share the links, is to have anyone share those links on social media. Go see. We do have a trailer. We have a couple of trailers on the the main site, and you'll see a one-minute trailer and a four-minute trailer. So go look at those, and and you'll get a good feel for what the movie is about. Um, You know, we've got a fun anthem song at the very end. And a lot of people are absolutely loving that and want to hear that more. So so keep looking out for that. But just to get onto um, social media and just spread the word about the movie. Get the, you know, however you have to do it. If you go see the movie, if you rent the movie, go ahead and tell people about, you know, how much you loved it, what it was about the movie that you loved. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and tell others, you know, hey, you got to see this. And again, we'll, we'll have that direct link just for at-home viewing if you want to see it, see awesome. it there. So that's what you can do. We, we, we do also have a contributions page if, if you know, there, there's, uh, <laughs> there's still some things that need to, uh, to happen. And part of it's a marketing budget. So if anyone wants to just listen, I don't have time to watch a movie, but I'd love mm-hmm. to contribute. I'll give you that link as well. There's a contribution Yay. page. Awesome. Good. I'm glad that you were able to share that as well. So do you think that there are any upcoming projects for you um, or ideas that have spawned because of this that you might be working on or that you feel like you want to do something like this again? Absolutely. I can't tell you about a couple of them, but yes, keep an eye out because absolutely. And, and I really love, I love the whole video editing and I love teaching people how to edit video, Mm -hmm. you know, quickly and efficiently. It doesn't have to be anything fancy, but I absolutely love it. I love short form, long form, uh, video content. So 
there will be things coming, so pay attention. Ooh, exciting. <laughs> You'll right. be one of the first to know. <laughs> That's super exciting. Are there any stories or experience um, through either this or even work as an optometrist and or as a digital marketer that may have touched your heart to continue to just want to continue to give back? Well, you know, the, the, the big thing was that I was telling you about the movie is the, that moment when everybody stood up and, you know, it was such a, it was, I don't know, it just touched my heart so much to know that I helped to create something that touched the lives of so many people. So I love putting out content for free. I do it all day long on over on LinkedIn. I'm just a big fan of just helping people learn how to market their own practices or businesses. So I just, there's just something about the, the process of creating something and knowing that someone absolutely loves it. In fact, I just had today, I didn't even think about this until right this very minute, is I had a gentleman in a group that I'm in, in LinkedIn, and I absolutely love the software Canva for graphics and Camtasia for, you know, quick video editing and training editing. But in this group, he, I answered a question for him, which for me, I love doing research and he came back and it's always, you know, as a connector yourself, you don't always get to know the fruits of your connections. They don't always come back and say, thank you so much. So we kind of lose sight of that, but he came back and said, the most amazing compliment about my helping him by answering a question. And I also commented on a second post that he did. And he just said, you, you saved me so much money and you helped me. And he, he actually put a dollar amount on what I, what I saved him. And it was just so touching. I just thought, I, you know, you don't know what people are listening to or watching when they're out there, you don't know how many people are listening to your podcast or watching your videos. And, you know, you're touching a ton of people's lives on Clubhouse. The reason that I connected with you is because your story was amazing. And I had to, I think I DM'd you that very day over on Instagram and, and you know, said, we have to connect. You just don't know who may be listening or watching. So I think that's, I think that's it. You know, I've done a lot of volunteer eye exams and stuff like that, but recently those are the kind of stories that, that come back and they're just amazing. Yeah, I agree. And I think that it's so much more special because you're doing it and I'm speaking from me, but I'm assuming it for you as well, but you're doing it because that's who you are. And so it doesn't matter who you touch because you're going to put that out anyway. Right. And, and right. whether it's free, which, you know, I'm going to shake my hand at, but cause I know that you provide <laughs> us with free stuff as well. You know, it's, <laughs> it's just that you're doing it because you're it. passionate about it and you love it. And, you know, it's almost like the cherry on top is when you do get these people that come back and say, like what you said, it, you didn't even expect it because you didn't know you touched right. that person and for them to come back. So I want to encourage people, you know, that are listening, if you're listening to this at this moment, you might want to reach out to that one person that you want to thank, right? So that they know that they made a difference in your life. I think that's one of the biggest um, compliments yeah. and just something nice to do, right? For the person that may have touched your life because they don't know and they're just continuing to do what they do. So I think that's right. a really, really um, interesting way to bring that into uh, the podcast because I think that is a great idea to do. Yeah. Um, 
And I wanted to also thank you because I know that with our Share the Stage and Grow, you have done so many graphics and just with, you know, again, volunteering from the bottom of your heart to help us out, to try to take notes and to put some things up that we do have. So I just wanted to thank you so much because I know that you did that free as well for us. And just because you knew that it was going to be helpful. So I just wanted to thank you. Um, Sure. Absolutely. So, you know, one of the, one of the, best questions that I love, which is the last question, is because I think that there's so many interesting people. And the fun thing that I get to do is I just get to show up and ask questions. And, you know, (laughs) it's like I get to shine a light in all these very cool and wonderful people that I know and that I get to meet. But I like to hear from you as far as um, any advice. So what is one piece of advice that you might have that we can share with my listeners just about making the world a better place? Like what would be the first step and what would be that one piece of advice? And I'll tell you this one, I wanted to dig a little deep because I didn't want to come up with a, with a canned answer that I'm sure, you know, it, it would have been easy for me to do. And I'll tell you, and this is advice I give to my daughter all the time is don't be afraid to ask for help. It may actually sound counterintuitive, but I think one of the greatest gifts that you can give someone is the opportunity to let them help you. And I think that so many of us are afraid to do this because we think it's a sign of weakness. But if anyone of you are followers of Brene Brown, you're going to realize that it's a sign of courage and vulnerability. And she talks about that in her famous TED Talk. Um, I also believe that asking for help, you'll solve problems that may in turn transform the lives of others. And that's exactly how we make the world a better place. Oh, I love it. Oh my gosh, Dr. Sandy, you totally like gave me chills on that last bit as well. I'm like, oh my gosh, that's so true. And we talked about this in our room as well on Clubhouse, you know, so many times because I think that a lot of us as entrepreneurs and people that are go-getters, you know, if we jumped up on Clubhouse early on, we have this tendency of kind of being somewhat confident, but with that sometimes you don't allow that help. And I don't want to say you don't allow that weakness because it's like what you said, it's not really a weakness. It's really saying, look, I'm good at what I do, but I'm not good at everything. And to be able to collaborate and let other people shine and do what they do well will probably push me a little bit further as well if we're able to collaborate. So I absolutely love that. I'm glad that you teach that to your daughter. And I'm now going to have to tell my daughter that too, or my (laughs) kids, because I think that's really, really great advice. So thank you so much. Of course. Absolutely. My pleasure. And thank you for having me on the show. It's been awesome. Oh, you're so welcome. I'm so excited to see the film because of Sam and we'll have all the links so that people can get a hold of the film or to even bring it into, I think the biggest thing is going to be bringing it into organizations. I think that would be amazing to add this type of, I guess, just inclusion awareness for intellectual developmental disabilities as well. I think that is super important. So thank you so much for being part of the film, editing it, producing it, and uh, being able to watch it on the big screen. So I'm so excited that you got to do that. And thank you again so much for being here with me. Thank you. It was my pleasure. Thank you so much for tuning in to Connecting a Better World, and thank you, NOCO FM, for supporting this show. 
If you connected to something in this episode, we would love to hear from you. Our contact info will be listed in the show notes, as well as you can reach us on our social media channels. Please feel free to share our podcast with your friends and loved ones. For more shows, please tune in to nocode.fm online. This is Loudspeaker.